Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. That's when it got wheels off. We started up and we ain't gonna stop. Oh, I like you, like it or not. That's when it got wheels off. Look, you don't need me to tell you who Nora Jones is. She makes brilliant music. She, what is the old saying? The unexamined life isn't worth living. Uh, My impression is that she lives a very examined life. She's a thoughtful person. It was great getting to speak with her. We'd met before over the years. We appeared together on the 30 Rock episode, Kidney Now, years ago, which we briefly discuss at the end of this conversation. We've shared guitar techs. Kelly McCauley, the great guitar tech who lives in Colorado now, but she's a Long Island girl. Kelly worked for Nora for years and worked for the old 97s and me for years as well. And she's great, a great person to have on a tour bus and on stage with you, Kelly McCauley. But Nora Jones is, um, she's just really cool. You know, there's not much I can say. Uh, I think you're going to get a lot out of this conversation. I know I did. I'm really grateful that she stepped away from her kids and her mom and her dog and her quiet little house to come talk to me for Wheels Off. So please welcome to Wheels Off, Nora Jones. Welcome to Wheels Off, Nora Jones. Hi, it's so good to see you. Yeah, it's great to see you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Um, so for the edification of our listeners, um, where do we find you now? You can be as vague as you want. <laughs> I'm on a planet called Earth in my bedroom. <laughs> I'm in New York. Nice. Um, very cool. Well, what creative project are you working on right now? If any, I'll leave that option open. And how does it light oh, you up? I'm trying to work on something, but... I don't have much going right now. Um, I'm trying to organize Zoom school, but um, I'm, I've got a few songs kicking around and um, my husband got me a drum machine for Christmas. So I'm trying to figure that out. I'm not very techie. Uh, I prefer just playing an instrument. Like I don't, I'm not good with um, gear. <laughs> so 
if I can figure this drum machine out, then I think I'm going to have a fun new thing going. <laughs> I, I like that during the pandemic, we've all made our goals smaller. Like I'm just going <laughs> to figure out a drum machine. I would like to. I would like to meditate for 20 minutes a day. And that's my only goal. <laughs> Is that really no. something you do? Meditate? Yeah, I'm trying to. Um, I have been for the past year and it's been great, but it's hard with the kids home. We're not really, they're not going to school in person. So yeah. it's trickier. Is that the Zoom school you referred to earlier as their Zoom yeah. school? <laughs> their Zoom school. Yeah, I decided to go back to school over Zoom. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, my kids are remote as well, and it's it's really weird. And they're minor teenagers, so there's just a oh, wow. lot of interaction that I would not normally have. Well, at least they don't need tech support from you. <laughs> exactly. Have you been able to write during this? I'm. I've never been someone who goes and sits down to write. Mm-hmm. That's not really how I. That's, that's just never been. That's never really worked for me. So. Um, yeah, I've had moments of bouts of inspiration and, you know, caught it on my voice memos. And that's kind of how I work. And then I'll ruminate it on, you know, through whenever I have a few minutes, basically, until it's kind of formed. That's sort of my process. And then, yeah, if I do have time to go work, I'll have the idea already there to work on. So, I, I, yeah, I've got a few things going, but I mean, not a ton. Yeah. I mean, have you? Ha- what about huh. you? I've written three songs in the last uh, 11 months. And that's insane. Like I've, I'm someone who writes all the time. So. Okay. Yeah. This is. Well. Been tough. Yeah. Do you feel like it's because your brain space hasn't, your brain hasn't had space or that you just haven't had time to focus on that? Well, uh, starting, (laughs) I love how you turned the tables pro move. (laughs) (laughs) Um, starting March 8th, let's see, I flew back from Nashville, having finished the old 97s album, March 13th, March 18th. Oh, wow. Yeah. The the New York lockdown, March 13th. Um, so starting on March 18th, I was freaking out about making money and starving and et cetera. So I started doing, uh, shows on a platform called stage it. And since then I've done four shows a week. Wow. For the last 10 months, I'm up to 170 shows from right here in my office. So I I have not been doing anything except doing those shows, promoting those shows, which I'm sure anybody that follows me on a social media hates me now because it's all like, guys, 30 minute warning, doing another show. (laughs) Uh, But do you you get paid through that then? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. So you figured out a way to make this work early on. That's pretty awesome. (sighs) Yeah, Um, thank you. But I think I know, so like your brain's been full of doing that and had less time to actually write. That's kind of how I was in the beginning. I would do like one webcast a week and it was only four songs and they were four songs that I know. It's not like it was that hard, but it it was my creative outlet and it was awesome because I would have, I actually think I played more piano being home doing that once a week than I would have if I didn't have that. Um but yeah, that was more of a creative outlet than writing. But I haven't done that in a few months, and uh, I feel like the the create the the writing vibes are going in my head a little bit more now. Because do you find yourself um, having a hard time being constantly surrounded by other people, kids, husband, family, 
Dog. Mom, um, dogs. My mom is also uh, living up here. <laughs> yes. Not with us, but nearby. Um, I've always liked being around people until I was constantly around people, I think. <laughs> and yeah, I could use more alone time, but you know, it's okay. I, I feel like, uh, well, my husband and I were, our kids are four and six, just for reference. So we were talking with another parent recently, uh, distantly, um, <laughs> but um, we were realizing the thing with these kids is like, it's hard to have a thought. You don't really have an uninterrupted thought anymore just because it's constant and it's fun and it's awesome, but it's like not be able, being able to finish a thought is like, I never thought of it that way until recently. And it is a thing, especially during all this, you know? And it's different from being like on a tour bus because there there's handlers, there's people that defer to us and, and here we're the handlers. <laughs> I've been handling myself a lot lately. <laughs> um, I <laughs> I know what you mean. I mean, yeah, I I mean, I also, I put out an album in June. So I had a lot of stuff going on and a lot of back and forth, a lot of interviews and just sort of whatever promo I could do distantly. Um, but in the last few months, I haven't had much going on. Like this is the first time I've had anything to do with someone in a couple months, really. So I've been sort of enjoying the the quiet, just sort of nesting a little bit and enjoying the kids. They're, they're fun. And it's, it's a really weird time. So I'm just trying to try. It's hard to stay present because everything we do is through our phones, even stuff we have to do that's necessary, even creative stuff like my voice memos, you know? So it's really hard to just turn off all that. So I don't know. Silver, it's what you're describing sounds like the silver linings that I keep trying to fixate on finding. The yeah, silver. me too. And it's, it's, it's working, but it's, um, yeah, you know, overthinking, well, if I had known that we would have been doing zoom school for a year, would it have been easier to just homeschool or actually try to send them? I mean, I know a lot of people have had success going to school, but I, it's just, I don't, we don't need to, we're home. So yeah. I felt like let the kids whose parents have to go to work, send them, you know? Um, okay. So when you started and you started pretty young, did, did you know, did you always know you were going to do music? Was there an epiphany moment where you knew, okay, this is going to be my thing for the rest of my life? Was there ever a question? Do you remember that? I don't think there was. I think when I was really little, I, maybe I'll be a marine biologist, but not really. I think I sang <laughs> in church choir since I was little, and then I played piano. And uh, junior high, I was in band, you know, and marching band. And that was a pretty big deal. And it felt like, okay, I'm good at this. What did you, know? you play? I played saxophone, <laughs> alto sax. <laughs> I did and not I know that choir. about you. You're a oh, saxophonist. I, I actually have a very classic marching band photo that I'm just saving for a moment to someday show somebody. But um, <laughs> I sing, I always sing in church choirs and I would always get the solos. So I kind of felt, I felt pretty confident as a singer, you know. And um, then I ended up going to Arts Magnet High School. And, and yeah, there was really no doubt after that. So the high school would give us gigs and, you know, 
it just seemed like what I was going to do. That's awesome. I, I tell kids when they ask me about singing um, the value of choir, I just feel like it's such an incredible thing to be a part of a large organic yeah. unit making music. That's how I learned. I was all in the choir. I never even had private voice lessons because I didn't need them because the choir, I mean, that's kind of what they taught you. But um, I was recently trying to find a church choir for my kids or a children's choir or something before we all locked down because I really want them to have that, even if it's just for fun. It's mm-hmm. just such a nice thing. Boy, just it's right. It's like the intention to create music together. Yeah, and the whole just the sound of many voices singing organically together. It's so beautiful, especially with children's choirs. It's so sweet. And it's just such a fun community thing, you know? Yeah. I've I've never, (laughs) I've never cried harder than at like even songs or whatever, when the kids are all just going to town. Yes, Exactly. It's so sweet. So I wonder, I mean, we've already gotten into a little bit of the sort of lockdown and the trauma, but I wonder generally speaking, for you, um, when in your life you have encountered those sort of internally generated obstacles, um, doubt, um, I like the things that come up a lot are like doubt, imposter syndrome. Um, mm. uh, Roseanne Cash talked about success guilt, you know, the guilt. That comes, oh, yeah. Um, like just I got, all the. I got a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But I wonder when when you've encountered those sort of how do you overcome them? What tricks have you figured out? I always felt like what I was doing was the right thing. I'm talking musically speaking. I've never felt that way in the process of making music. There's been a few times where like, you know, I was in a situation where I didn't really understand. It was just like, uh, maybe I was, it was a different, a strange fit or something, but I never felt like I was a problem. I was the problem. I always felt like, oh, this, we're just from very different places, you know. But I had a ton of imposter syndrome and like success guilt after the fact, you know. But never in the studio, which I think has been a huge, I'm super thankful for that, you know what I mean? But um, like my first album was so huge and I was, you know, hanging out with all my friends who were songwriters at the living room and the city and I mean, I just felt so lucky and so guilty the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I felt really guilty. And then, and then like, you know, I went to the Grammys and I didn't feel like, I felt like one of these things is not like the others. There's all these superstars and I was just kind of a little bit of a dweeb. And I, I, I didn't really know how to be in those situations. So I felt you know, more comfortable with my friends who are musicians, but then I felt guilty and then I felt weird around super successful musicians. So, but it's all so silly, you know? Yeah. Thinking that, feeling those things. It's just, it's sad that it gets in the way of things sometimes because it's, I don't know, not really worth it, but. Well, I love, I love your, um, just the fact that you brought up meditation so quickly, it, that's something I think about a lot. When I was young, my, my mom got us inducted into transcendental meditation. When oh, when like, you were young? Yeah, I was like 17. Well, 17. And, okay. Uh, and it's it's just TM, transcendental meditation, gets a little goofy because they push it as like a, it'll make you better at business kind of a thing. Yeah, I but, do that. That's what I do. 
And so, but to this day, I love it. I mean, I really do. Think I love it. Yeah. I, I was just asking my, the guy who trained me, I had a little tune up session and I asked him, I was like, um, what age do you start with kids? Is my <laughs> six year old? Can I start it yet? I just think it's such a great tool and it's such a really wonderful way to just put everything down and have a little moment. It's funny too, because when I hear you describe, um, I didn't expect that sort of avalanche of n- noise that you described just now hearing in your head, mm. but I can imagine, cause I mean, I, I deal with similar avalanches of noise in my head. Um, but yeah, meditation is the kind of thing where you can just kind of find a quiet place in the midst of that. Yeah. I wish I had been doing it, you know, in my twenties, God, I, I would have had so much more fun and enjoyed my success so much more. I think, you know, instead of just always being like, "Ah, (laughs) what is this? (laughs) You know, but I did, I, I mean, I've always felt that way with music. I've always been able to shut out that noise when I'm in the studio and I don't know why or how it wasn't taught to me. It was never something that I thought about, but I always felt like I was able to keep it all on the outside. And when I'm in the studio or playing music with people, I do feel like I'm able to just do it and not overthink it. I wonder which if, is great. Love, super lucky. I wonder if this comes up a lot, actually, the, the, the idea that when people are being creative beyond even just music, that it's, um, that there is something inherently meditative about the act. Of yeah, absolutely. Did so you if, see the movie Soul? No, but we wanted. We were talking about it last night. It's great. You should watch it. It kind of touches on that. They call it the flow or something. I can't remember, but when you're in the zone, basically, and everything floats away, and you're just doing it. It's totally meditative. Well, that's what that's in transcendental meditation. They talk about the unified field, right? You, you're trying to achieve the unified the unified field. And it's it's that state of no thought. And when you're in yeah. it, you're not even aware of being in it, which is pretty amazing, right? Because you're ple- yeah. completely present in the, the moment. You're aware of it as you're coming out of it. But I could see that. And, and maybe, yeah. maybe, and I love hearing that for you, the place that you never felt any of those, you know, kind of the avalanche of noise, the crippling anxiety was in the studio while you're making music, because it upholds my theory that there's something really therapeutic and healing about the act of creation. Yeah. Which is also why I think doing these webcasts, these once a week, 15 minute webcasts during the whole spring and summer and fall for me was just super healing just for me. I mean, it was nice that people watched it and some people enjoyed it for them, but for me, it was very healing just because it was a way to sort of play music and let go of all the thoughts. And it's, it's like, that's what you were made to do, right? You were made to make this music. I was, and I realized that. So I'm going to keep trying to do it. <laughs> so um, th- this question becomes, once once you've got kids, it's the kind of thing I think that becomes less hypothetical. But um, if you were to meet a 21-year-old version of yourself, but working in today's world, what advice um, might you give yourself? To learn transcendental meditation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that for sure. (laughs) Like 100%. Um, Also like uh, to learn how to communicate and listen better. But 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what else. There's so many things. Put your phone down. Throw your phone away. Um, mm. Let's see. Lots of stuff. Do what you, would you tell? What would you tell me as a twenty-year-old, one-year-old? Um, I'd say you're doing great. I'd say just <laughs> just be kind to yourself. It's so easy to to yeah. give those voices more credit than they deserve. Those voices in your head. Um, I don't know. It's funny now with the kids. I just I, I try to give them advice and I hear myself talking and talking and I'm like, you know what? The best thing I can do as a parent is just listen. So the talking's not going to help usually. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, my son is six, so he's, he can focus on something, but he loses interest quickly. But I, I also, I've heard this advice many times. It's like, you can tell your kids how to act, but they're going to just watch you and how you act. So I guess it's good to just sort of, try to be your best self and that's what i'm trying to do just sort of show them by example throw my phone away well so i wonder about that i wonder if kids my kids age your kids age if there will be a backlash if there will be a movement away from technology and they'll reject the constant presence of their phone i think they will we're like this is a social experiment right everybody keeps saying that because we don't really know the damage there's been no studies yet because it's so new, but we're all just sort of in it. This experiment of how much damage is it going to do to us? You know, I know my, my son is 17 and I'll watch him and he'll just have his head bowed on the couch for hours. And I'll say, yeah, what are you doing? Max? And he'll go spam and talks. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it's it's to spam is to go through a number of them rapidly and talks is short for TikToks. So he's just oh, gotcha. bam and talks. Bam and talks. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, where what have we come to? Um well my but, kids are still young enough to be able to <laughs> limit them a little bit. So we're trying. But well it's especially hard now, right? Because what is there? There's you can't go hang out with friends, you can't go out and do stuff. I know. Uh, um, okay. So before I let you go, I wanted to see if you had any memories. I recently interviewed um, Jack Burdett, who was the head writer on 30 Rock for all those years and oh. and was was there the day that we filmed the Kidney Now episode of 30 Rock. And, um, and he and I were remembering um, there was so much craziness that day. So I don't know how much of it you remember. Like the Beastie Boys were stealing the walkie-talkies from the PAs and like making these false claims of like disasters on the third floor or whatever i did not get that no i was stuck in the basement that's crazy i didn't know that happened <laughs> they were going crazy did you have any interaction with white clef sean because he sort of stole the show that day do you remember any of that i don't remember but i had i had done a song with him so i already knew him but i don't think we hung out that day but i mean i must have said hi there was a lot what did he do on. there was <laughs> <laughs> what did he do this time? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> His, well, he had a bunch of great ad lib stuff that didn't make the final ah. cut. But but the off screen thing that happened was um, it was him, Steve Earle, and Michael McDonald when they took us down in threes to learn. <laughs> random i know of course that's the the trio um yeah they took us down in threes to learn and sing record our parts and get the explanation and so the um remember it was um uh the music director for the show um gave us all the speech and then and at the end of the speech Wyclef Sean goes so the whole thing is a joke about a guy that needs a kidney right and he goes yeah pretty much and Wyclef Sean goes, I don't know, man, I got this little nephew that needs a kidney and I just don't think this is cool. 
And he stood up and he walked across that entire giant warehouse to the opposite end of the warehouse. And you could have heard a pin drop, according to the writers who were losing their minds, thinking we're going to have to like rewrite all of this with 30 musicians in the basement. And Wycliffe Sean finally turned around and goes, I'm just messing with y'all. Oh my God, that's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. That was pretty sweet though. I missed all the drama. Gosh. All the fun. I was in the basement with Cindy Lapper. That was pretty fun, actually. Well, you we and her, you guys had the great lines about um, three of us are drunk. Try to guess. Yeah, one. we had the drunk lines. So <laughs> I, I think I snuck some vodka into the basement to sort of try to just like ease my nerves and get into character. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it was pretty fun. It was her. Gosh, I got to rewatch that because I don't even remember. But um. Wasn't Rachel there? Yeah. Yeah. We shared that's a mic. I, Rachel Yamagata. Yeah, that's when I and, met her. Yeah. I think. And um, yeah, there were some good people there. It was fun. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate you sitting down and opening up about your creative journey. And um, I, I wish you the best of luck hanging in there with two little kids in the pandemic. Oh, thanks. Uh, we're all good. I'm just. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Well, um, I can't wait to hear what comes of those voicemails on your phone. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, oh, I, ta- I spoke with our mutual friend, Kelly McCauley, our, who was a tech for both of us over the last some yeah. decades. But I spoke Has to she... her this morning. She said to tell you hi and send her love. Is she in Colorado? She is. She's nice. Doing great. Um, well, good. I hope our paths cross soon. Thanks so much for your generosity with your time and thoughts. Great to see you. Yeah. Take take care, Nora. Okay, bye. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Wheels Off. Please be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us appear higher in the search results and lets other folks know that it's a cool podcast to listen to. Also, as the kids say, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else that you listen to shows like this so that you never miss an episode. This has been Wheels Off, and I'm Rhett Miller, encouraging you to create every day. Thanks, y'all. iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.